When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome once again to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. This is the fastest Ben alive, and with me is... Andrew Allen. I'm Barry's <laughs> cousin. Yes. <laughs> so there it is, everybody. Welcome, Mr. Allen. That's what I got. So, what I got this week. <laughs> we're starting a coverage on The Flash with the release of the new Flash movie, as well as the end of the Flash CW show, we thought... It's time to cover a lot of unmade Flash scripts that were written over the years, including maybe a good 10 or 20 just for the DCEU alone. But um, the ones that uh, we're covering are mostly before all that mess. (laughs) It's tough that happened. Is this our first Flash episode? We did one that was like in relation to the Zack Snyder Justice League, but like this is our first like unmade script Flash episode. So, okay. It's outside of figured it was time. Outside yeah. of sucking Snyder's dick for six months, uh, you yes. know, so, <laughs> this is the first check one. Check out in that Aaron. episode if you haven't already, where we just covered the Ezra Miller Flash and why the Flash runs like that in terms of the ice oh, skater. Oh yeah, type of way he went we to China. That. He went to fucking China to fucking learn how to run like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like some sort of kung fu running or something. I remember this now. Yeah. So check that out on uh, on our channel. Why does the Flash run like that? But yeah, we're now covering <laughs> the unmade Flash scripts well before uh, before Ezra Miller, before Grant Gustin. This one's even before John Wesley Ship in the 1990s show. This is a 1987 okay. script from September 16th, 1987. So this is way, way back. This also might be an exclusive. I could not find any other coverage on this. The script is not online just like the puzo one was before it, it randomly landed online the same week that we released the puzo script so yeah what's uh, going on with our anonymous source yes uh but uh, uh we were sent these by a, a less anonymous source named jack g so thank you jack for okay. this 1987 flash script and uh by the time of this release there will be a super bowl trailer for the flash movie and uh we just want to be timely with that so let's get into it with the first flash script at least the one that we have so uh in terms of the writers for this it's jim strain on the left who will go on to write the 90s jumanji movie for robin williams okay Uh, so he's the main screenwriter on this never needed to Um, work again after that (laughs) i think he currently teaches screenwriting at ucla which is cool uh and uh it says a story by Todd Holland, who is the man on the right. Todd Holland would go on to direct the 1989 film The Wizard with Fred Savage, which I have not oh. seen, but uh, okay. that's his other that's, claim to fame. That movie really uh, focuses on Super Mario 3. I think before Super Mario 3 came out in America Ooh. also, there was like a year between Japan and America or something, but... Uh yeah, I saw that movie when I was a kid. It was it's okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> it was good. it was it was it's it's culturally uh important in the video game world. I think <laughs> it was like the good it was the better Nintendo movie out of the other, if you compare it to the Mario Brothers movie from oh like, I'm sure what, 90, yeah. 91 or ninety two whatever that was. We're so spoiled now because of the fact that like years ago, like some of the best. Like, that was a time where you could say, oh, like, the best Mario-related movie was this movie. That's not really about the Mario Brothers. It's about video games uh, and stuff. But that was just right. the, the dearth of, of, like, adaptation content. And now, like, everything is getting adapted. Uh, everything's being We actually have good video game content now, too. <laughs> With The Last of mm-hmm. Us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, For it's a just, brief it's evolved. flash of time, pun intended. In 1995, when Mortal Kombat came out, and then nothing, and then Last mm-hmm. of Us, 
So, you know, we'll see if we can change the trend here. But anyway, <laughs> back to the Flash. So, uh, you might be wondering, who are the villains in this script to go up against the Flash? Is it the reverse Flash? Is it one of the rogues, like Captain Cold or Captain Boomerang or the Weather Wizard? I got it. The I got it. Yes, that's it. It's the Weather Wizard, right? Unfortunately, no, it is not. God. It is, in I fact, him. Yeah, sadly, no. It is aliens. I shit you not. <laughs> I like this already. This <laughs> no offense to the writer. <laughs> I guess it's hard to not take offense from that, but man, come on, dude. Aliens? <sighs> anyway, this is why the is subtitle the for this episode alive? is Flash versus Aliens. Okay, so Ben has not told us, of course, you know this because you clicked on the video, mm -hmm. but I did not know this until right now, so here we go. All right. <laughs> Saving what? it for this episode, for the recording Ugh. on this, oh my and it's God. not even a, it's great? Not a specific. Uh, That's a good question. I'll get back to you after the break on the specific uh, description, because he spends most of the movie, the alien spends most of the movie in a disguise like Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black. Okay, okay, so, body snatcher kind of shit. It's it's a body snatcher type of thing. Yeah, it's it's also not a specific alien from the comics. The alien itself is not identified. You could probably stretch it a little bit and claim it's a white Martian, but they they weren't around at the time of the comics, so you couldn't really say that. Uh, right. <laughs> at this point. Uh, but yeah, it is basically the Flash versus aliens in this. It is similar in a way to when we went over that one Hulk script where like the only Marvel character in the entire thing is the Hulk and everything else is kind of just the body horror movie uh, up with him yeah. up against like original characters. It's kind of like that. There's Barry Allen, the Flash, and he's put in this role that feels like a mix of what's going to foreshadow Men in Black. There's a little bit of Terminator in there, um, but it's mostly a Barry Allen Flash origin movie, which... You know, again, it seems like, okay, Flash versus Aliens, this is weird. But uh, trust me, it does come together well. I'll give it that. Okay. For okay. for what it is. If you are looking for had a... a... <laughs> he might have had a mandate from the studio, like, we, we're only giving you Flash, nothing else. Sorry. Figure it out. Thanks, bye. It, it, you know what I mean? That could be a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. again, this is during a period of time where superhero movies were not a guaranteed blockbuster. You know, like Superman the movie, okay, that worked with Reeve, but like it was petering out. They didn't know if this Batman movie in 89 was going to work. So like this was really, it's like, all right, I guess we can try this was kind of the attitude. It wasn't like a guaranteed right. thing. So I, I could see that. I could not find a lot of information behind the scenes on this. I hadn't even heard of this until uh, our source on this one, Jack, told me about this and sent this over. I'm like, this is a deep cut. I've never heard of this, but decided to start reading this. Hell of an idea. Yeah. So, aliens, everyone. So, uh, it starts with a meteor shower as aliens crash land on Earth. One of them gets injured in the crash, and so the other one is unscathed and becomes the main villain of this movie. And his main objective is to heal <laughs> his wounded mate. Okay. Uh, I like it all. So, yes. And a park ranger finds the wreckage. But that alien shapeshifts into the ranger, and the ranger gets strangled by his own doppelganger and dies. So, you know, these aliens don't come in peace. Uh, so <laughs> okay. he is in the disguise of this ranger throughout most of this movie. Okay. Uh, also really cuts down on the effects budget, since you don't have to have the alien for, uh, you know, basically you have him in the, in the beginning and at the end. When it comes to this. Okay. Uh, but the guy still kind of has to look a little off and fucked up. But that's, that's you know, probably down to a lot of uh, a combination of the actor plus, you know, some costuming, makeup, prosthetics, like that type of stuff at this time. So uh, that makes sense. Then we meet they, Barry he Allen. He does not describe the alien in the script here at all? Let me pull or you want to save that? You're right saving now. that for me. Uh, okay. Well, let let, let me actually it's easy to pull up right now actually for that because it's not okay. it's not a it's not one of those things where i'm just like it's a surprise andrew it's actually white martians like no it's not a surprise yeah. it was just literally because i forgot so i want to <laughs> i'm interested in the alien design is all like i wonder mm -hmm. if they're like the grays or not you know because those are the those are the most classic and while you're well, just going my one of my classic tangents and man Great aliens were the scary growing up because it was the most 
likely monster like aliens coming to coming to earth like i was never really like into like demons and shit if you're into demons more if you mm-hmm. grew up catholic like i grew <laughs> i grew up i grew up protestant and like i don't know man it would just never seem like it wasn't like too real for me i guess for some reason but aliens always were all right you got did you did you pull it up i've found the page there's not that much of a description it basically okay. talks about how it's been this metamorphosis of this sphere of energy that then generates into, quote, alien tissue throughout its metallic form. Uh, and then evolves into an incomprehensible bi- bonding of metal, energy, and flesh, which you know okay. was a little bit ambiguous to me whether or not that was the alien itself or like some other form, you know, like a, a, of something, you know. Uh, but I think the alien is being developed. It, it honestly seems like maybe they're like, strain and holland were thinking hey it's an alien up to you in the concept art department and everything on how that one is designed that's what it's that's what this is reading like it's like ah, i'm just gonna let you guys figure it out uh, i'm just gonna yeah. say aliens and then we're gonna move on yeah uh so yeah, yeah it's aliens everyone uh okay. let's see i'm gonna just in my mind think gray alien because it's my favorite i was thinking that too honestly yeah, yeah. uh so Barry is introduced and he's investigating a crime scene of people killed during this meteor shower. And during this crime scene, he ends up meeting the female lead whose name is Laura Ellis. And she works in the crime lab as well. And they kind of have a conflict because Barry is very much a stickler for procedure. Remember, this guy is uh, he is a forensic scientist. He is also working for the police department. He is somebody who's almost obsessed with uh, procedure and evidence and all that type of stuff. This is these are qualities we don't necessarily we definitely have not seen yet in the uh, the current film version of the Flash. Uh, but I think that it's sometimes easy to forget just from the different media versions that the Flash isn't just some like young, almost Peter Parker type Spider Man type character. He's also he, like he really his own is. Detective. Barry Allen does. Barry Allen does remind me of. Uh... Peter Parker quite a bit actually. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's yeah. more from the a lot adaptations of similarities there. than the comics. Yeah, but they're, they're both like really science-based characters, you know, they're in red suits, <laughs> superheroes, they have red-headed love interests as we see here. <laughs> so like it's, yes, it's not I know sciency kind of mm-hmm. like science-based, happy go lucky, like mostly like 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 quippy jokes. Um, mm-hmm. younger, usually younger than the, he's probably one of the youngest Justice League members. He's on the young side, like Peter Parker. Like there's, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of similarities, I feel like. Gustin could have also killed it as Spider-Man in another world, I think. Definitely. I think he would have worked. Yeah, yeah, that is right. Yeah. Uh, there is no Iris in this. Iris West is the common love interest for Barry Allen, but uh, there's no Iris in this. It's Laura, but she's basically Iris. <laughs> she's basically Iris who works at the police department instead of being a reporter. So uh, I don't know why they didn't just go with Iris. This is one of those, like, why is Electro named Strand in the Cameron script? Is it just because they forgot the name <laughs> of who it was in the comic? I don't know. But they just like, is, they wanted to make it, they wanted to make, they wanted to make it to have, to, to make money for, from a big blockbuster movie, but they also, it just kind of felt like they were ashamed of the comic book source material at the same time. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah, they didn't wear the studio didn't wear the nerd badge proud. Like we do Mm -hmm. now. Like, like, well, we always have, but the studio, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. It's just a different world now, obviously. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's like the biggest, one of the biggest factors of the MCU was just like, no, it is a full-on comic book world. <laughs> People will look yeah. like they do in the comics. There's a talking raccoon and a talking tree. Like that. That's where it really <laughs> felt like. We are not ashamed now of that. Now, maybe it's a little bit evolved into being self-referential and making fun of itself at times. But like in early MCU, it was very much like, oh, like in most cases, maybe with some exceptions like the Abomination and incredible hulk but most of the people pretty much look like they stepped out of the comic in terms of design or i gotta say really going forward into that type of stuff the, the first movie that really to me felt like that we're making a fucking comic book movie was the first avengers like of course mm. the movies leading up to that and of course the comic book movies before that to a certain degree but i don't know why but 
the shots in that big plane where uh, I think Cap and Thor each other, I believe, something uh, just a comic book panel to me. Like even, I don't know why. Not even the action scenes up. Well, we weren't that far in the movie yet, but I don't know. I could just envision that comic panel. Anyway, back to the. Yeah. Let's see. There's a different origin in this one than the one from the comics and the TV show. Here, the alien's presence on Earth creates these spheres of energies that sort of show up around uh, the area. And Barry discovers the sort of alien sphere and wants to examine it. And so he brings it into the, the crime lab and notices that it bleeds light and vapor through like these little fractures and it can heal itself. So Barry tries different experiments on it eventually trying to drill it into it with a diamond drill in the machine shop. And he's able to get it open, but that in itself causes an explosion. Barry survives, but the sphere releases a red aura that overtakes his body. And his body, when it absorbs it, starts molecularly tearing itself apart until he can like start vibrating in resonance. So if you're thinking what I'm thinking, this is exactly what happens. Barry gets his powers to be the Flash from Aliens. In the script, it does tie the villain together with the hero, but it's a different origin from what we got in the comic. Uh, so, sounding so so much like I'm on recon, y'all. I mean, I, I, I'm this not is why trying I thought to, you would like this. I did. I did. There's some like, I mean, it's not a spoiler. Like, you know, it's in our campaign video as well. Mm -hmm. Like, they get the suits from alien from the gray aliens from the abduction in amano recon which is uh a film that i'm working on or a, a series that i'm working on it's going to be on kickstarter soon uh indiegogo is done uh a-m-a-n-o-r-e-c-o-n.com for more mm -hmm. yeah and i also for the ranger dude because he's got that hat i did actually picture the villain in your uh, campaign video as the actor in this as i was reading through it sometimes i was like oh yeah okay is it he had like the full like suit and like a men in black kind of thing well no it, it's mainly just the description that the ranger had. he's in a park ranger outfit in in the script and he has oh, he okay. has this this brimmed hat and i just pictured the the dude in your thing even though like it's a different outfit from the neck down but like it's the hat and some yeah. like creepy looking dude in a thing that has to do with yeah, aliens we wanted... and people getting superpowers from aliens <laughs> We wanted an hour for it to be like an, you know, the conspiracy theory version of the Men in Black because the Men in Black, mm -hmm. Will Smith movie and those comics are based on some sort of, you know, conspiracy theory that's been around for a few years. But that's another mm -hmm. story for another day. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, this is this is basically Amino Recon, <laughs> Flash version. <laughs> I'm lo so. I'm loving it. <laughs> this Mind you, he does not get great. the costume from them yet, but it's. It's inspired. Oh, right. You can tell the costume's probably inspired by the alien simply because it was a red aura that sort of gave him the powers and stuff. Yeah. So that'll play in a little later. But okay. uh, Barry okay. does go unconscious due to this. He is found by Laura and taken to the hospital where he's going to recover. And obviously now he is developing the superpowers. He just doesn't know it yet. Uh, meanwhile, let's catch up with our alien friend. <laughs> pictured here as the Vincent D'Onofrio character from Men in Black, because it's essentially the same thing, except many years before that movie. Uh, so it's it's a guy who is has taken over this, this human form, but doesn't really know how to fit in with other humans. So we have a few scenes of him going Dude, to local bars and stuff. I gotta tell you, I gotta yeah. tell you, this is yet another influence on Amina Recon, this exact Men in Black. Edgar? Yeah. Yeah, same as Edgar, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I gotta rewatch this movie, but yeah, Sugar Water, another great. This scene, this opening movie. sequence, <laughs> this opening sequence in Men mm -hmm. in Black was so fucking captivating. I <laughs> thought, like, it's it's so great. Um, anyway, good pull. Once again, yeah, it's great. Uh, so this alien is trying to fit in and speak with other people, but he like. He says the like words that would make sense in other contexts, but it's just the wrong context. So like someone asks him, like, are you all right, sir? And he's just like, sources say the situation is stable. They're just like, um, okay. So it's like weird stuff okay. like that where like technically it answers it, but it's because he just got it from the TV set or something. So I think that this is a common body snatcher kind of thing yeah. where the mm -hmm. aliens, and this is a men in black thing too, 
where they um, don't know fully how to be human. Like human is everything about human is foreign. It's not just like speaking a foreign language. You're in a foreign body, right? So like mm-hmm. the way they write this all the time is like well, a lot of the time is that it's it's like this where everything they say and do and and all their their mannerisms or gestures are just are just off. They're either completely off, like in this instance, or kind of falling into the uncanny valley and creepily, just creepily, yeah. uh, just a little bit off, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, and that's definitely conveyed in this. I think it's pretty, the script does a pretty good job when it comes to, like, the alien being something that's unsettling, you know, in this human guise, and, you know, he, it's kind of like there are two separate stories to follow. One is Barry Allen as the Flash, and one is this alien who is basically trying to gather supplies and restore his mate who's been injured uh, in this crash. And basically, at some point, as you know, they're going to come together, these two different storylines uh, right now. Yes. Since there's a connection between the two of them. Barry himself got the powers from the alien. So uh, they're going to come together soon. Uh Another thing is that this alien is sensitive to the sun. Whenever he passes through sunlight, it burns through the disguise and reveals the alien underneath. And then when he goes back in the shade, it, it sort of regrows the exterior, like human skin. Okay. Type of thing. So it does this have a all weakness. very cool. It's all mm-hmm. very cool. But I do like if they would have made this movie, it would have changed how the average person sees the flash kind of forever. Oh, yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, because... <laughs> None of this is in the comics, pretty much, except for <laughs> the Flash. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so like, it, it's almost it's like just, they gave know, a whatever. little bit of Green Lantern to him, where it's just like, all right, now your stuff comes from aliens. Now your stuff comes from like galactic type stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure this guy really wanted his this movie to be made. Obviously, <laughs> probably, you know, he would have <laughs> had a big payday and everything. But like, as far as popular perception of the Flash. At least he didn't like suffer this damage, and it's not. It's probably again. It's probably it's not the writer, but you know. yeah, like, we don't know what was going on behind the scenes that led to this. It could be that they're just like, yeah, yeah I always thought the character was cool, but none of that comic book shit. Let's do the aliens, or you know, that either came from the writers or came from the studio. We would have to get them on the show to find out. But uh, I don't know right now in terms of what led to this decision. Okay. Uh, let's see. Back in the city, Barry does recover from the hospital, and Laura offers to take him to her brother's cabin uh, to help him recover in the mountains. So he uh, takes her up on it. However, by the time he gets to the cabin, he finds that his leg that seemed to have been basically damaged during the explosion, his leg is already recovered, and he's got no bruises. Okay. He finds this weird. That's cool. He, or he need to recover. He feels better than ever because he doesn't know it yet. He has super fast healing. So... Uh, he nice. decides, well, I'm also finding myself to be more hungry than usual <laughs> and stuff. And that is a, <laughs> I believe that is something that started with the Wally West Flash, actually, not with Barry Allen, but they transferred it over to all the different flashes where, like, he burns through so many calories from a super speed that he just has to eat constantly. And so he eats stuff that would, like, normally kill <laughs> an ordinary person if they were trying to eat something in one sitting. And he just gobbles all that up in order to get enough calories to be able to get his super speed. It's like so that uh, Michael, fun. the whole Michael Phelps story is you used to like thousand calories. It's like it's like yeah, it's like Michael Phelps times ten almost. Yeah. So which which would mean he's like constantly got a burger and a donut in his mouth. Like it's <laughs> yeah. just a shitload of calories. Like mm-hmm. people would think, oh, you got a metabolism like crazy, Barry. He does. So, yeah. Uh, he I mean, goes yeah, shopping. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, he goes shopping because he's hungry and he does accidentally knock over a display of cereal, but he notices that he watches it topple over in slow motion and he's able to catch it and retrieve everything in midair and fix it before setting it back right. That's the first clue to him that something unusual is happening. It's his first display of super speed without him really consciously trying to channel it. Uh, these scenes, only a little girl witnesses these, this. These scenes always work for me, like the accidental discovery mm-hmm. of the powers. Um, yeah, these it's scenes great. are. All, I love these scenes. All you know, every time I it's see necessary it. too, because it's not like he's just going to randomly be like, "Okay, somehow I already know I have this." Like you, you kind of yeah, yeah. need 
you need that aspect of it. And again, this is Spider-Man like this kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. It's, it's like uh, uh, it's like Andrew Garfield when he wakes up on the subway and he just accidentally starts a fight, or when he wakes up at home and he just he basically destroys his faucet and stuff like that type of stuff. Exactly. I love that fight scene where he kind of just doing everything by accident. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's that type of energy here. But in 1987, before either of those movies, which is also again exactly. what what makes this cool. Even though no, it's not a true adaptation of of the Flash compared to uh, you know other the TV versions that you know made their own changes, but at least still had <laughs> certain aspects there. But it's it at least stays true to the spirit, I think, in terms of right. very specifically. Uh, mm-hmm. Laura goes back to work at the police precinct where they find the body of the original park ranger and they suspect that he's been strangled but they don't know the cause she is mainly in charge of fingerprints so she gets fingerprints on the ranger's uh, neck only to find that the fingerprints match his own hands so the only conclusion she can think of is the ranger somehow strangled himself not realizing that there is a sh- shape-shifting alien on the loose here okay that's so, cool that's a yeah, that's a kind of a cool detail. It's it's mixing the whole like police department forensics stuff with the sci-fi elements of the aliens and what we're going to see uh, in this story. It's it does merge pretty well, I'd say, even though at first glance, Flash versus Aliens seems like a kind of a dumb thing, like you said earlier, uh, for the first <laughs> movie. But it does actually pretty work. It works well, I think, in this specific thing. Um, well, the cop, cop-like environment with aliens, it also reminds me of X-Files. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of X-Files vibe, which is all, this is also before X-Files. This is, mm-hmm. yeah, so. It's kind of ahead of, it's ahead of its time, while well, also of its time. Of its time in the fact that it, right. there's that feeling of like, eh, let's not get too comic booky. <laughs> um, but ahead it's of its like time John in terms Peters, of what they will do. John Peters with Superman. Does he have to fly? <laughs> oh, my so, God. Uh, he, uh, the alien continues to gather supplies to build a tracking device. He's basically trying to find all the different spheres of energy, uh, not knowing that one of them has basically merged with Barry Allen himself. Uh, meanwhile, Barry himself needs energy and needs more calories. So he goes to a nearby diner and ends up accidentally phasing and vibrating through a window on onto the other side. Uh, okay. One of the people there, there's a little Easter egg that somebody there has a Superman comic book. So there is a little bit of a shout out there. Uh, nice. DC shout out there. So that's cool. Um, and uh, as he starts sort of trying to figure out what's going on, his clothes start sort of going into flames and he ends up running, taking off, not really knowing what the hell's happening to him. Uh, there's also a funny line here where uh, Barry has a dog accompanying him named Daryl who watches <laughs> him go. And the script says, quote, if a dog could say, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's good. That's a good line. We need to, we need to audition 20 dogs to see which one has the best what-the-fuck face. That's what, that, that's what that line would lead to if they yeah. made this strip. It is great, yeah. So that is 50 dogs. <laughs> it, it, this, this dog accompanies him. It does, the dog does not play that big of a role in it, but this is the funniest part with the dog, is, is witnessing uh, you know Barry just super speed his way out of there for the first time, too. Uh, so now Barry <laughs> has discovered. <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck? That ways. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see. Barry has now discovered his super speed, and I think with that, it is time we take a quick break. Okay, everybody, we have a new thing that we do here on superhero stuff. You should know. Um, we are going to start every month having a new. Um, GoFundMe uh, and a charity and or charity uh, that we're going to give a shout out for and uh, this month well tell them about it then oh this month we are debuting this in our episode about Superman 2 and this is completely related because Valerie Perrine from Superman 1 and 2 Miss Eve Testmacher uh, has her own GoFundMe unfortunately for the last few years uh, Ms. Perrine has had to retire from acting because she is fighting Parkinson's disease. If you've been following her on Twitter, she has been auctioning off different memorabilia from her time in the movies in order to raise funds, but she is unfortunately bedbound. She has round-the-clock caregivers, 
and she has a GoFundMe set up through her friend in order to help her out through that. And I think it is for on a lot of us as Superman fans who grew up with these movies, grew up with her as Miss Tessmacher, I think as a thank you, it'd be more than appropriate for us to help her out. Yeah, so please, if you can go to her GoFundMe page, it's been uh, linked in the description here as well for everybody. Uh, if you can donate to her, that would be great. Again, she's part of the Superman legacy, and uh, let's try to help her out uh, if you can. And also, on top of that, uh, we want to also give a shout out to the uh, page where you can donate to the American Parkinson's Disease Association itself. So that will go uh, to support and education and research. Uh, so if you want to support them as well, or just them, also fine if you want. Uh, so check that out. That will also be linked. So, um, yep, we're going to be doing this. We thought that maybe we thought that we should not just be into heroes, but also try to take uh, an influence from all these heroes we read about all the time and at least do our part in any way that we can. Uh, in so far as you know helping these kinds of people so so yeah if you can that'd be great and thank you very much just wanted to announce that i have a new podcast called gaming gaiden it's about japanese to english translation in this first season it will be 10 episodes each season if you saw the ranking every superman video game two-parter we did here on superhero stuff you should know you have seen mike before so yes if you like video games if you've been interested in Japanese ever, we're going to be talking a lot about just Japan in general, Japanese cultural differences as well, and we also are going to have a lot of talk about 90s video game magazines such as Electronic Gaming Monthly, aka EGM. So stay tuned for Gaming Gaiden Podcast. It's already out now, y'all. I want to tell you about the Patreon.com patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod and on that you get the one dollar tier uh you can join the one dollar tier which gets you the shout out on the board and either visually or orally or both at times uh <laughs> we want to do the oral uh for the most part uh for newer people uh and then the five dollar tier gets you a whole new show uh, this show is every Monday, as you well know, and it's free on YouTube and the What's Nots. And um, the uh, Patreon show is every Friday at the $5 tier mark. You can, if you want, binge us for 5 mm -hmm. bucks, And uh, there's like 150 episodes, uh, almost 150 at this point. And you can uh, you know, listen to all that content there. Even the stuff that's been released from the vault... None of that has been the full episode as well. So mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to keep our uh, $5 tier people happy. <laughs> so, um, so, but yeah, check that out. And then our $10 tier gets you all of the above. Plus a, uh, it gets you a monthly meetup show where you meet up with us monthly. And it's like a Zoom-like call. And we have a topic at hand or sometimes videos we react to and things like that. And that's at the $10 tier. Um, every tier that you get, like the $5 tier, gets you the $1 tier benefits. And the $10 tier gets you the $5 tier benefits and the $1 tier benefits. So mm -hmm. check that out at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. We also got the merch, which is Redbubble, superhousepod.redbubble.com. And on Threadless, superhero stuff pod.threadless.com. Get your Ben Man and Indeed Wizard mug, shirt, shower curtains, and all the rest artwork by Stephen Santa Cruz. And please send us some audio at superhousepodcast at gmail.com. A bumper would be great. Mm -hmm. You too can be part of the show. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf Lives is my other YouTube channel, one of my many YouTube channels. And I have uh, also ThunderwolfDrew.com has my whole portfolio in one place except for AmanoRecon.com that's A-M-A-N-O-R-E-C-O-N.com and that is uh, an original idea that some friends and I are doing where it is R-rated um, Power Rangers meets Stranger Things that's the quick pitch and 
It is not a fan film, original idea. We have a pitch video right now on YouTube and on the Indiegogo page. We're campaigning right now as of this, uh, when this episode premieres. And this poster art is by Zachary Jackson Brown Art. Dot com and check it out please support us on the campaign and more from that soon um, but yes it's uh it's bloody and um, if you like that kind of thing check us out and that's it ben follow us on social media on twitter at superhouse pod instagram superhero stuff pod where we have some different supplemental stuff we even i've even analyzed the martial arts stance that the keaton ornament from the flash is in so you can check that out on our instagram superhero stuff pod uh tiktok superhero stuff pod vero superhero stuff pod my website is benwanrider.com where you can read a whole bunch of spec scripts including gotham vampire elementary the death of sherlock holmes and curb your enthusiasm disneyland if you're fans of any of those shows check them out and let us know what you think my YouTube channel is in the description below, including Doctor Who, The Ronin of Time, an audio drama I write, edit, and narrate with the 8th Doctor, meaning Miyamoto Musashi. My personal Instagram is Rider. If you like cats, my son, Alfie, my cat, is at Alfie Pennyworth Cat. And if you have an Alfie yourself, then you can get the Whisker Box, the only cat box with a crazy cat lady and gent. And you can even check out another page on that website, superherostuffpod.com slash show notes that includes... Uh, various show notes for each of our episodes links to the scripts that we review if they're available online Amazon links to the stuff we've been talking about including you know Brian Levant's book that he plugged for us My Life and Toys so check that out at superherostuffpod.com slash show notes Lord have mercy y'all do you like hounds do you enjoy pooches do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines talking about dogs y'all as you might have heard, Superhero Stuff You Should Know has now teamed up with BarkBox. For every month, you get a box for your special canine. Pooches! Or hounds. That's right. One free extra month if you go to BarkBox.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. Follow the link and you'll get a free extra month valued at $35 and valid for all multi-length plans. So get the BarkBox for your hound, for your pooch, for your canine. Your doggo will thank you. Hey, this is Alex Ramsey, host of the What Mean podcast, and you are listening to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. And we're back in a flash to continue diving into the Jim Strain script of The Flash, The Flash versus Aliens, as I'm calling it, even though it is just called The Flash. Uh, but yeah, it is for the premise of what it is. I think you and I are liking this so far. Uh, I really would have. I would have eaten this up to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, he- even though it's so different, and also I wasn't familiar with the flesh too much until God. I mean, before Grant Gustin, before the CW one, but I mean, it probably was like twenty. Man, I didn't know the ins and outs of the Flash probably till it's like twenty twelve or four thirteen or so, dude. Like, I just, I don't know. I I'm never really looked into him all that much. Yeah. I'm with I'm with you there. It it really was that CW show that got my attention on, on the character, and I was. Because, you know, it was it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, he's fast. Oh, shit, he can time travel. Okay. And then, um, you know, his main care, his main villain is the reverse Flash. Really? That guy in yellow? That seems dumb. And then you watch the show and you're just like, oh, shit, this guy's terrifying. <laughs> you know? Dude, that first episode, I mean, that first season was so solid. The CW mm-hmm. Flash. The finale was one of the best finales I've ever seen on TV. I feel like it was really up there, though. It was up there. It is great. And I think uh, one of the episodes that I'll be prepping is the fact that one of the Flash movie scripts that is in our possession is one from Berlanti. It was written before the TV show. And I think episode ideas for the TV show began in that movie script. So, okay, that's cool. Uh, so anyway, we left off with Barry super speeding with friction causing his clothes burning, as we're seeing here. Uh, however, unlike Grant Gustin on the CW where that happened to him, Barry is now a naked man going at 55 miles per hour. Just cock flapping in the wind. <laughs> Dick's Just swinging there. 
<laughs> and he gets the attention of a sheriff because of the fact that he's going 55 miles. He's basically going over the speed limit uh, now and also looks like some some pink blur <laughs> at that point because he can't see it's a naked dude at that point with how fast he's going. Um, but some he pin, Not red, but off. pink. Yes. So oh uh, he he's just not able to catch up to this weird blur that just goes by and it kind of harkens back there was a tv promo for the cw show where there was like some patrolman looking at his speed gun and then suddenly the, like, the flash goes by and he's just like what the like oh it's, right it's a common yeah. trope yeah you kind of so, have to do that uh, i guess yeah yeah it's it's great so barry does wake up naked the next morning finding himself like his body is just constantly like vibrating and stuff because he can't turn off the speed uh unless he trains himself to turn off the speed so he kind of has to like figure out how to force himself to stop and like control his powers and control his movements, which again, like it, it makes sense for this type of thing. It's an origin story, you know, like with this type of power, it would make sense that he would need to do that. Um, and he's naked now. So he does steal clothes off the clothesline like Henry Cavill did in man of steel. Oh, but yeah. unlike Henry Cavill, he does get caught. It says, quote, Barry shrugs, grins sheepishly, then darts away. Only then does the woman's expression hint at a repressed delight in the moment. So, <laughs> uh, okay. she liked him naked. Anyway, so Barry does go uh, with the stolen clothes, goes to a shop where a woman gives him a cloth that is heat resistant because he can't just run around naked and stuff. So, he asks, is it really that heat resistant? And she pulls out a blowtorch and basically just completely just blow torches the entire thing and demonstrates that yeah it definitely is fireproof it's like okay i want a ton of that material and so he oh, builds a suit out of that lady you were just waiting to use that torch <laughs> really the day has come in. yes how long have you been waiting to use that lady <laughs> that's what barry should have asked in the script <laughs> yeah so uh meanwhile the alien is trying to hitchhike his way back to his spaceship to his companion uh, a woman does pick him up and does seem to be attracted to him, only to realize how weird he is. And uh, he ends up stealing <laughs> the car from her and uh, takes off. So how uh, weird he is is because he's just kind of weird out from all the events that's happened in his life. Recently. Well, uh, this is this is the the ranger. This is the alien. So he's got like the uh, shoe oh, yeah, on the oh, wrong yeah, 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 foot. Yeah. He can't really talk very well, like that type of stuff. So, okay, because okay, we're following the alien awesome. and, and the Flash origin at the same time. So uh, gotcha, yeah. that's kind of what uh, our, we got Edgar up in the visuals right now to reflect that. But uh, that's kind of what the alien's doing. Uh, Barry, in the meantime, creates a prototype suit. Uh, however, right now it is a skin-tight white suit because the material was white beforehand. So uh, okay. he's a white Flash right now, but he, he does try to take it on a test run he is able to create a sonic boom, which is great. However, he ends up crashing right into a sign. Uh, okay. And uh, he also, from how much he's running, he smells his armpit and decides that uh, it's really time for him to put this in the laundry after that because of how much he's been sweating in it. You know, so, so going back to the CW Flash, with because yeah. he had like kind of the worst suit at first, like a worse one mm -hmm. uh, on the in the first episode, and then he gets a better suit. Like, yeah. It's not just an evolution of a guy figuring out the suit. There's like a psychological thing for the audience where if they see uh like a worse suit but then you then you then you introduce a better suit, it's uh they'll accept it more than they would like if so, if it's part of the audience might think even the good flash suit is lame. You know what I mean? Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. So I don't know why they'd be watching a Flash thing at all in the first place. <laughs> right. But, mm -hmm. you know, just to even win over those people, uh, you kind of introduce a worse shoot, suit first. So, like, whenever you finally get to the good one, it's an improvement. So it's like it's like it kind of, like, psychologically tricks the audience in some way. Do you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's it was earned in this show uh, in a way yeah. because of – that but it, it kind of got to ridiculous levels where like in the final season they're basically hyping up the fact that he finally has golden boots <laughs> it took nine seasons for him to yeah. finally get the golden boots and i'm like okay maybe <laughs> this is 
I like I get it in the beginning, but at the end of season one, he should basically just have the flash suit. <laughs> the season one at the at the end of season one yes. at the very latest, <laughs> you know. Uh, but that's just not how it ended up turning out. Oh well. Yeah. Um, so he does put the white suit into the laundry and it comes out pink because there's a stray pair of long underwear in it from the cabin. So now he's got a pink okay. suit. It's going to evolve. <laughs> it's going to evolve still. Um, but he decides to add, quote, mercury-like winglets on the hood of it. Uh, and then he decides, you know what? I should confide in Laura about this. So this is an interesting thing because in the context of 1987, the writers say, eh, fuck the whole secret identity thing. He's going to tell his girlfriend. <laughs> like They just go right okay. to it. Um, okay. Which is innovative at the time like these days it's just like well yeah of course you would but like back in 87 not so much you know people were freaking out about alfred right. letting vicky Vale into that cave in 89 like it just wasn't a thing but here uh barry decides hey i'm going to show up and i'm going to show her i'm in, i'm you know this new person with these the super speed so he shows up in the pink outfit and she's in the car uh and she just thinks he looks ridiculous uh of course because I mean, frankly, he does. He's not in the full Flash outfit yet. Uh, and he's like, I'm thinking of dyeing this red and adding some gold flames. And she's like, well, why stop there? How about a Thunderbolt? She says sar sarcastically. And he's like, hey, Thunderbolt's not a bad idea. So <laughs> she kind of gives him that idea. But as she's driving and she thinks that he's kind of crazy and is wearing this weird outfit, she looks and sees that Barry is somehow able to keep up with her as she's driving. That's when she realizes he has super speed. So I thought that was a cool visual reveal to her on this. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, on his powers. So uh, that's pretty cool. She wants more of an explanation of what's going on. And he sort of shows her that he can, he shows her that he can vibrate, <laughs> which of course is appealing to her. And he even <laughs> massages, <laughs> he massages her shoulders and tells her to leave everything to the incredible vibrating man. And she seems to like sort of lose herself a little bit for a couple seconds. Uh, not too much, guys. It's still a PG movie. But she stops herself and stops him saying, keep your magic fingers to yourself. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, this is like a thing, right? Like they want to, you know, make <laughs> the Flash is a human vibrator, essentially. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, but they also have to make this kid friendly in a way. So they didn't they don't completely go there. But, you know, as an yeah. adult reading this or watching this you're like okay i, I can see <laughs> yeah. i can see what the appeal could be yeah because he is called the uh the fastest man alive <laughs> so yeah you kind of want to see not other a... yeah that's not a good thing though but that's the... not a good he... thing so he you have to find other is <laughs> you have to find other benefits to this so uh yeah see he reveals he got his powers from the sphere and laura reveals that uh you know, this energy sphere is there's like more than one of them. In fact, the comps have just found another one. And so she decides to take him to the next sphere. And on the way, Barry, of course, needs to charge up. They go to a convenience store where Barry ends up having to stop a thief who's trying to rob the rob the place uh, over there. Uh, the thief tries to shoot him, but Barry catches all of the bullets and then knocks him unconscious before then asking the cashier, do you have any red fabric dye? So we know what's going on here what's okay. going to uh, lead into but yeah we're moving at a pretty good pace considering you know this is more than halfway through the script and he hasn't suited up completely yet but you can kind of see it evolving into that yes um so they go to investigate the sphere as the alien sort of restores energy to his mate with whatever spheres he could find however he ends up seeing visions the alien sees visions of barry and that tells him a human has absorbed his powers and he has to find this human. So now, like, the different storylines are starting to converge a little more. The alien is coming after Barry. Uh, okay. So Barry and Laura investigate the sphere in the lab and find that the fingerprints on it belong to the dead ranger. Uh, and Laura isn't sure how this ranger could have strangled himself to death and then touched the sphere <laughs> when his body has been here the whole time. Um Another interesting beat is that while at the police station, Barry sees that his co-workers have left sort of these joke uh, toys for him, including like a snake, you know, one of those snake in the cans type of thing. Okay. But one of these is a joke ring that hides stuff and can pop open. And so he pockets that. Uh, more on that later. Okay. And uh, as they examine 
everything, Barry hears a faint signal that only he can hear. And it's the alien dressed as the ranger who's tracked him down to the police headquarters in a sequence reminiscent of the first Terminator. We are in full Terminator mode at this point. It is the alien does, versus cops here. Does the Flash have super hearing? He, just he doesn't. It? He just hears it because he's connected to the alien in this. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Because remember, his powers now come from the alien. It doesn't come from, you know, the speed force and lightning um, right. type stuff. So I just didn't know uh, they he, had like a hybrid type of, or whatever you call it, some connection there like that. I didn't know that was a, the thing that they had. Yeah. Like that, that's, he's discovering this now because this is the first time the alien has shown up in the vicinity of him. So okay. uh, the cops say, see that this intruder is the dead guy that they've been, you know, investigating this whole time. They try to go after him, but this guy has super strength. Of course, he's an alien in the DC universe. Of course, he has super strength, so yes. they're no match for him. He nearly kills one of Barry's co-workers until his radar focuses on Barry himself. Barry then, when he sees the alien, gets overwhelmed with a telepathic barrage of images and colors. Again, they, they have this telepathic connection, him and the alien. And he figures out the alien has come for him to get his energy. Uh, the cops fire on the alien, but nothing works, of course, because, again, he's an alien in the DC universe. Of course, he's bulletproof. It can't be that easy in this. Um, because of the bullets bouncing off him, however, Barry Allen is hit by the bullet uh, that was meant for the alien, and so he's wounded here. Laura helps him escape, but the ranger comes after them, chasing him in the car. Again, we're this is almost like the car chase now in, in Terminator. Uh, Barry figures out that what's happening is Due to the telepathy between them, the telepathic connection, he knows that this alien basically wants to absorb his life force and kill him in order to use that energy to restore his mate. All it takes is just a touch of the finger from the alien. So the alien is trying to basically ram Laura's car during this whole thing, basically you know, pointing his finger out to try to touch Barry the whole time. But Laura sees, as they, go, as they basically make it out of a tunnel, that when the sunlight hits the alien, it weakens the alien. And she recognizes that weakness. Uh, and she basically takes advantage of that to get Barry out of there and to the hospital. Uh, Barry right. needs some recovery time, but he ends up healing, of course, because he's got super healing. And he asks Laura, hey, give me my ring. And it's the joke ring that he picked up from police headquarters. And she's a little confused why he wants that now. But he tells her to stand back and he opens the ring and the uniform comes out of the ring and Barry sort of blurs merges with the costume, which is now red. And he is now quote the flash for the first time. He is the complete fulfillment of his comic book persona, Scarlet uniform, golden thunderbolts, wings of mercury. And uh, I'm assuming the golden <laughs> boots, which already beats Grant Gustin by eight seasons or so. <laughs> on this. So uh, yeah. So now we finally get to into the third act. Barry Allen has now fully suited up as the classic flash. They are not shying away from the comic book costume. They just wanted him to earn the suit. So uh, Barry says the suit is handy, but, quote, it's a bitch to pack. So that's why he put it in the, in the ring. Um, <laughs> and then Flash then kisses Laura, a kiss. It says reminiscent of soldiers about to go to war as he's about to fight the alien as his new persona, the Flash. So uh, he hopes to destroy the alien and escape with Laura in a helicopter. That's uh, he basically calls down to help rescue them. Uh, and so, again, one of the things that's cool about Flash, that's also something similar to Spider-Man, is his use of science in order to solve the problems and, and stop the bad guys. So here, um, he traps the alien in a room full of oxygen tanks that go off, and then he rubs his hands together to create enough friction in there to cause an explosion to explode around the alien. And he vibrates out through the window so that the alien gets caught in that explosion. However... Uh, a, the explosion does not kill the alien. And in fact, the getaway helicopter is caught in the explosion. So shit has gone wrong already. And the alien emerges now fully out of the human shell. So now we finally get the, the full on human. It's no longer the park ranger. This is like Edgar turning full bug at the end of Men in Black. Yes, yes. So it is a matchup of brute strength against speed and agility, it says, as there's another chase into one of the most famous superhero set pieces, the abandoned construction site. We just got one of these in the James Cameron <laughs> or one, what might have not have been James Cameron Spider-Man thing of Doc Ock versus Spider-Man, and we get it again with the Flash versus this alien. Well, um, you got to, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, you have to. Plus, it's like it's prime for the whole like, oh, it's an abandoned area. So there's nobody who could really get hurt, that type of thing. And you can use stuff for props, you know. Um, so Barry uses steel reinforcement rods of the construction building and sort of sends them through the alien's legs and stuff to try to defeat it. Um, the alien tries to take Laura hostage, but Flash rescues her. Uh, you know, this we're in full on Flash superhero mode versus this, this alien. This comic book panel here. Yeah. Looks like Vasquez rocks, you know, where uh, Captain Kirk fought the Gorn. <laughs> yeah, it does look like that. <laughs> that's the image I had in my head, but you said it's abandoned warehouse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm going, we're, we we basically tried to find stuff for Flash fights aliens outside of just him <laughs> teaming up with the, the Justice League. So I was like, hey, pull it from this comic. Uh, which is him fighting off a bunch of alien invaders. But I think this is the it is the first comic, the one I'm showing here, where uh, Barry time travels. Um, okay. So he and Wally uh, both time travel for the first time in this one. So that's that's another thing that's significant about this. Uh, it's from uh, it's called The Conquerors of Time is the name of that comic. So check that out. It's from the Silver Age. But uh, yeah, Flash okay. recognizes that this alien is mostly electrical energy. And he says, quote, energy to energy, dust to dust, as he baits the alien to come towards him. And the steel rod in the, you know, that went through the alien's leg hits a power line and electrocutes the alien, tearing him apart and disintegrating him. That's the end of the alien. So once again, Barry okay. uses science in order to defeat the bad guy here. Uh, Flash then goes to Laura and they kiss. And he says, not bad for the first day on the job, eh? So, uh, <laughs> He's feeling pretty confident about himself. It says, this is only the beginning of a lifetime adventure, but we are not done because as they kiss, we go into a cave where the other alien resides and we hear a faint tone pulsing before we fade out. So they hint that the other alien is going to be the villain of the next movie. And this is just going to be the Flash versus Aliens for the entire <laughs> franchise. Again. <laughs> and I'm like, um... Unless there's something like really special about this other one, isn't it just going to be the same movie? <laughs> like, I mean, he has different alien powers, man. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. But that is uh, that's the script, the Jim Strain and Todd Holland, the Flash script. What do you think now that you've heard the full thing? So this is one of my favorite ones we've gone over. <laughs> I can imagine this whole fucking movie like yeah. really well mm -hmm. uh like this it's just like i know it doesn't have anything to do with the source material but like this is you know obviously in my wheelhouse kind of thing i, I mm -hmm. like this kind of story this type of story uh so i think it's great this is a fucking awesome script like the pacing seemed good too from the way you described it right mm -hmm. did you feel that way when you read it yeah, it was, I mean, it, it is a brisk pace, which it should be for a Flash movie. So, yes, yes, uh, yes. Like, in the beginning, I was just really skeptical. I was just like, okay, Jesus, like, aliens in this shit? And the, I'm, I'm guessing he gets the powers from the aliens? Okay, yep. But then, like, we don't know what the behind-the-scenes story is that led to it, but the spirit of the character really is there, you know? If you change Laura's name to Iris, then you make that even more, you know, true to the comics, but... Like, I can see a Flash comic uh, or Flash story in general where, like, he has to face an alien with this type of power. He would do some of the same stuff, you know? And, and uh, there's right. different things here that are ahead of its time. All the core, um, the core elements for Flash are there. It feels like yeah. him. It's just he's with a girl that's like Iris and he's fighting aliens. But the rest of it's kind yeah. of kind of accurate, it feels like. So... You know, like the heart, the heart of it's there, I guess. So yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> it would have changed the way people view Flash forever if this yeah. has been the introduction into like to your mom, to your grandma, and the theater. Mm -hmm. You know, like this would this would have been like the Adam West Batman of the Flash, pretty much. So yeah, this guy gets speed from alien technology. It's like, well, not really. <laughs> that's just in that and, one movie, mom. Like <laughs> that's that's that how it would feel. And they might have changed the origin in the comics or had some run they probably would have if this movie would have come out they would have like had some run of comics where it follows more of the movie too you know what i mean oh yeah um but you know this i mean dude 
like Amino Recon stuff, the thing I'm making now, like, mm-hmm. you know, this is just exactly my kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I thought it was great. This is really fun. That's why I thought you would appreciate this too, because I'm I'm reading this. I'm just like, oh man! Like when Andrew hears this, it's it feels like Amano with the whole like yes. getting, getting the alien power and like sort of being hunted down and all these different all these different elements that like okay, we don't really associate with the Flash. <laughs> you know, it doesn't seem like that that Flash like right. with the comics, but like the overall plot itself, I'm like, you know what? I could see a really fun, solid, you know, one off Flash movie done this way in like 1987 88 or so you know like it's it's pretty well done i thought it is i think it's better than the the hulk one that we went over that had you know little resemblance to that comic too (laughs) when it came to the characters um like the the supporting characters in the plot this Um, feels like that hulk movie a little bit yeah um like because the core elements are there even though it was kind of different and um yeah the heart of it the heart of the the character is there and like i can just see the these movies coming out at that time you know and having a similar vibe for yeah, sure for sure um but yeah unfortunately uh we did not end up getting to see this type of version for it and uh, the flash type of movies have been in some form of development hell for a long ass time from if this is the first one from 1987 through you know uh, ending up ending up in 2023 of this movie assuming this movie does get released it looks like it definitely will but you know some people still based off of what uh you know recent events uh have been wondering if you know with warner brothers discovery if it actually is still coming out but it seems pretty likely it's coming out especially if by the time this gets released there's already a super bowl trailer um you know it's it's coming out so we will be covering other flash scripts the next um the next one that we have access to is uh might not be the one that we cover because it doesn't actually have Barry Allen as the Flash in it. It has Wally West because Wally West was the Flash at that time. Um, so that was in 2006. That is from David Goyer. And the idea at the time was Ryan Reynolds oh, as Wally West. Uh, oh, well, that so that sense. was, yeah, that was, that was 2006. So we might do that next. We might skip that in a bit and just cover the Barry Allen stuff and then eventually find our way back to Wally. Uh, there's another one from Chris Brancato. And then the big one that I think we'll do in conjunction to whenever the finale to the CW one is, is the one by Berlanti, Mark Guggenheim and Michael Green that sort of evolved into the CW show that, you know, basically brought the character to both of our attention and, and to a lot of people in pop culture, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. I think they, they really could do a lot with the flash. I mean, I know, Growing up with the Ninja Turtles, especially, I really connected to any kind of character that was humorous. Mm-hmm. I loved the comedy, and um, you know, I love Batman too. But like, I feel like with you know having a comedic character like the Flash, kids, especially kids, really latch on to a character like that. They see themselves in that, like mm-hmm. like Spider Man, also of course, right? So, so yeah. I mean, I think you know, it's just like we'll see what the Ezra Miller one, if that comes out, and like let's see, we they'll they'll finally see if they'll finally unleash the Flash potential that's always mm-hmm. been there. Yeah. So until then, that is superhero stuff you should know. Big thanks to Dan for the different visuals on the YouTube video. And uh, moving further into the fan comments, uh, we're going to go over the comments on the Mario Puzo Superman script that we went over. So. Uh, Ander Ortega said about Mario Puzo's interest in Superman I've heard that he was always invested in comics even attempted to write in Marvel but found it too hard and enjoyed the George Reeves TV show Um, I know you and I have sort of found some similar things uh, that you know may or may not be true or could just be things that people said but the Marvel one for sure is actually accurate um, that I think we've talked about on, on the Patreon where Mario Puzo crazy enough did know Stan Lee and did try to write for Marvel Comics but you know, Puzo wrote a 200-page script for Superman. He could not write a 20-page Marvel issue to save his life. So um, that's something I that mean, he writes about maybe, in the Godfather papers. <laughs> maybe, but uh, I don't know. I'd like to see. I'd like to see that script to, before you know. But yeah, maybe it was long-winded yeah. as well. I'd be curious which character too that he he would have. Oh, right. In terms of Marvel, right? Like, I know, right? Maybe. Sp- it might have been Spider-Man, since Spider-Man is kind of a 
again, there's there's DNA of Superman in Spider-Man as well. So like maybe Spider-Man, but it could have been someone else. You know, Fantastic Four, uh, you know, Doctor Strange would be interesting. Uh, all this type of stuff. So Punisher wasn't uh, around then, right? Uh, it, I'd have to look in terms of when Puzo would have tried to do it as well. You know, because okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know when specifically he tried to do it because I don't have the he does. I know he talks about it in the book, The Godfather Papers. I just don't know what time period he's talking okay. about. If okay. it's before. Yeah, if it's before uh, his 1975 draft, then let me just double check here, because I'm pretty sure the Punisher was still the 70s. Yeah, the Punisher is uh, created by Jerry Conway and John Romita, 1974. Oh, yeah. So that's just a year before he writes the uh, Superman uh, 1975 draft that we went over. Okay. Same year as Godfather 2 is when Punisher comes okay. out. Okay. So maybe it's a possibility. Yeah. Um, Dustin Gibbons says, did you guys ever watch the death and return of Superman two part animated films? They do the reverse of the I've got you scene with Lois holding an injured Superman. No joke. First time I saw it almost brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> uh, that's a, it's a solid it's a solid adaptation. It's better than the Superman Doomsday one. Um, yes. But it is uh, that's a solid adaptation of uh, of that. We went over kind of the the death and return of Superman type stuff with uh, with Zach when we were doing our big Snyder <laughs> Snyder coverage uh, yes. and stuff. But that that one pretty much was the one I think that won out in terms of the best the best version um, of right. that story. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you, Dustin. And then Dinah Guy says, James Kahn said on the Howard Stern show that Brando tried to get him to be Superman. So Kahn read Puzo's script and said it was very silly. Well, now we know. <laughs> uh, I mean, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Coppola was able to really improve the script for The Godfather since he was an Oscar winning writer himself. Yeah, I mean, okay. look, Puzo still wrote The Godfather novel, which was the basis for the movie. Without that novel, you still wouldn't get the movie. But there still is an art to adapting, you know, a book into a movie in itself. And there are definitely a lot of deleted scenes from the, uh, you know, the original Godfather that didn't make it in that were trying to adapt the book that just didn't really uh, move the story along and were the right calls when it came to Coppola. So, uh, yeah, I think that's I think it's a valid point, but. I'd still say Puzo still had some, you know, uh, you know obviously a major, major contribution uh, to the Godfather being the originator. But yeah, it right. does. It does sound like Khan might have read this script, if not the uh, the one by the uh, uh, the Newmans and Robert Benton a little later. So, okay. Thank you, Dinah Guy. Yes, with that on to the shout outs. All right, everybody. Thanks to everybody on the board here. And uh, especially some of our more recent people, such as Kevin R., Derek O., Renee V., and Braxton W., and of course our other supporters. And we've told you about our friends, and we want you to do us a favor. We want you to tell all your friends about us. In a flash. And, and run. <coughs> run. Run hard. Run, Barry. Run a, run. Run a lot. Don't trip. It's dangerous. <laughs> Run till that. Okay, <laughs>